Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. All right. Well, we've got to uh, pretend that the music was just playing in the background and that we're coming right into it. So what is our first thing we're getting into here? It's probably what's on our bench, right? No, wait, guys. I have the coronavirus. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hitting it pretty hard. Sweet <laughs> visual gag on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. you watching, which is no one yet. Picture uh, <laughs> for the people, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, we. I mean, we should... I guess start with welcoming everyone. Thanks for joining us from Podcast One officially, not Podcast Zero, which wasn't supposed to even get published, but it was so good. Um, so let's. It can only go uphill. It can only go uphill. Wait, can it only get better uphill? I don't words that well. Words are very hard. Why do you guys have me on this podcast? I cannot talk. It's purely you're the you're the hot chick. (laughs) I'm the nerdy guy with the glasses. That Are hacks the mainframe. <laughs> um, and then uh, Mike's the Mike's uh, Mike's Mike the guy with the cigar from the A team. Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> Your face. That's it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what's guys? What's on the bench? Mike, why don't you start us? Um, for the bench this week has been. Um, it was a lot of time was taken up by getting the podcast rolling for the most part it took a lot of time this week and um i was also working on my youtube video which took a lot of time this week i ran into some headaches with that but what's really exciting for what's coming up on the bench is i just put my guitar in clamps and from here on out i mean i probably maybe got five nights of work and that guitar is going to be done i am super excited i'm ordering all the electronics tonight and um i should start being able to start routing out that body tomorrow night so i'm getting really close on that and then i'm starting a new youtube video tonight as well it's going to be a mallet build which is what i was supposed to build last week but i got a third of the way into a bottle opener build and realized that wasn't the video i was supposed to be making so i i I just ran with it and made it the video for this week so what about you dan i wrapped up those walnut side tables i think they came out pretty nice yeah Um, thank you thank you yeah um Hold your applause. Um, <laughs> now I need to make a matching media console for those side tables, so that should be pretty fun. It's going to have uh, doors on either side, and then the middle part is going to mimic those side tables with the drawer and a, a single shelf. Nice. And nice. it's going to have that same walnut carcass. It's going to be pretty nice. That's awesome. And for me, I've gotten nothing done this week. Uh <laughs> For those of you that don't know, I do IT for the medical industry, and they're currently very busy. <laughs> so Why? I don't understand what I, I've on. been coming home like just slammed and exhausted, just like knocking out a couple orders at night. And man, it's been rough. Um, so I was looking forward to this podcast all week. This was going to be my break. Like, Same I here. Was like, oh man, I just I just needed I needed to like BS with you guys a little bit. Yep. But I'm excited because uh, today we officially kicked off working on. Uh, wedding things for you know on a CNC we want to cut out a bunch of stupid cheesy signs live love laughs and you know Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> and then a bunch of 90s song lyrics uh, carved out and just put them all over the place we're gonna get married nice. you know 
just all the tchotchkes that you have to make for a wedding. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and uh, Mike, I have a quick question about that uh, guitar build. Yeah. Are guitars the new dovetails? Because I feel like <laughs> everyone's doing them, and like you, have to, like, you have to do one to prove it that you can. <laughs> I don't know. One set of drawers. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, for I really... This guitar build is something I really don't want to do ever again. I want... It's not... It's just what is not... Uh, it, it's like... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm really glad I'm doing it, but it's because I, you know, I play I play guitar. I've played for years and years, but I've always wanted to make a nice one like this. I'm gonna make one more guitar, but it won't be as hard as this one. But I'll probably never do this again. And I, I I'm not really trying to train myself to get muscle memory on any of it because I have no desire to do it again. It's just not it's not super fun. There's a lot of like painting and taping. It's not really a lot. There's a lot of stuff that isn't really woodworking. That's just not super fun to me, but. A lot of drilling. I saw that. I'm excited to see the finished product, though. Oh, it's you, gonna look amazing. For a, it feels like five years now. Yeah, I'm I started excited. when I was seven years old. And, uh, you, uh, where'd you get the neck from? Uh, Warmoth. Okay, they, so you bought a finished one. Yeah, I bought a finished. I had no desire to do the fret work. They actually make necks for uh, Fender and Gibson, other companies as well, but they make them for Fender and Gibson. That's who they make them for. But got it from there on the recommendation of my friend, who's made like 40 guitars. And the neck feels amazing. So it's wait, you're like, not making your own neck? No. I have no desire to do the fret work. Jeez. I know. I know. Phony guitar like... Unbelievable. Hey, doing dovetails on the back of the drawer, like you can't even see it when you open it. Like, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> I have never done dovetails in my life. I really want to do the thirty day dovetail challenge in May for myself. I've been wanting to, I've just never sat down and spent the time to like learn them and i really really for myself i'll probably i won't use them a whole lot and as soon as i feel as soon as i learn how to do them i'm probably going to get one of those router templates but <laughs> I, really, I just want to know that i can do it that's the only thing i mean i just don't know how often i'm going to do hand cut dovetails just check um, it off the list that's right it. i just want to check exactly i want to check it off the list so I, I think for me also with like the domino i've always held myself from getting the domino because i know i'll use it all the time because they're amazing but mm -hmm. I always didn't want to let myself get one until I could do. I know you don't do dominoes with the, or you don't do uh you don't do dovetails with a domino. But I wanted to be able to do the the hand cut joinery myself. Like I can do mortise and tenon. I'm really confident in that. But I wanted to wait <clears throat> until I could do dovetails before I got myself a domino because I know I'm gonna use that domino all day long. <laughs> it's it's a nice machine. Yeah, I use it a couple times. And wonderful. I have just, one. It feels like cheating. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw you. Make, you're making your own uh, little. What are they called? The the things that go in the, the tenons, the, the yeah. biscuits or the tenons. They're guess. called dominoes, right? Well, yeah. Uh, the proprietary. Well, I can't say that word. Proprietary. Sorry. Thank you, Pete. Oh yeah, the foreigner <laughs> has it. All right. <laughs> that's that's their proprietary name for those, but they're just floating tenons. Right. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I don't know if we ever actually addressed this because we keep referring to this joke, but. I am a foreigner. <laughs> I am from <Right>. Poland. <laughs> like, we keep joking around about it, but then, like, I don't know if anyone actually knows. Yes. Right. I came to the States in 2000. From to Korea. Great land of opportunity, and then the towers <laughs> fell, so that was fun. And, um, oh, it's and all then, coming together now. Yeah, it was like, oh, God, this, why do I, why did I move? But then I realized, you know, we have, like, really cool power tools, and I stayed. Well, that could possibly <laughs> explain our one listener from Poland. Yeah, right. no, I think it's just, uh, it's Grandma. probably Radek, and he's just registered in Poland, that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> I just put a VPN over there. 
Oh, no. <laughs> so it's all good. Well, speaking of VPN, Netflix is great. An appropriate topic. Well, you guys heard about the uh, that explicit video website <laughs> giving all Italians free access to their premium? I think I've I've heard of that. Yep. I, I heard about it from two people a couple times this week, and they're both you. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you keep bringing it up. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are really. You guys have stock. <laughs> uh, they're a local maker brand. Right. I mean, right. Whole, listen. Let's be real. Next to YouTube, it is the only other site that is. You know, there's like a large amount of maker made or people making their own videos. It's just right. to be honest. <laughs> if you really true. think about it. Oh God. Uh, what so happens? I've heard. Yeah. yeah. Allegedly. So well, from Reddit, I just I learned all of Reddit. Yeah, yeah. I don't even have internet. Right. Yeah. This is all through uh, tin cans and string strings. This is this is local. We're actually all in different parts of the house. Right. We, you know, we have a land party set up. Bedroom condo. They keep me in the basement. <laughs> the podcast just made sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, what uh, you know, what do we got next here, Pete? I don't know. Well, I guess we should. Uh, do we have a big topic to talk about? I mean, let's. I guess should we talk about the elephant in the room with all this stuff that's happening? And uh, there's a few things going on in the world. Yeah, I mean, I you know, it's off topic for the overall theme of the podcast, but I mean, this stuff's crazy. The coronavirus stuff is absolutely insane. Um, I guess we can well, kind of say how it like. I mean, it affects all of us personally. You know, obviously, Pete, you're working your your nails down to the bone. Um. But, well, I have I have two examples of how this actually impacts pretty much every. Well, at least one example of how this could impact everyone on this podcast and everyone um, watching or listening. I mean, people are getting sent home. Let's be real. Yep. Like people are working from home, spending a lot of time at home. But at the same time, people are not working, and people are going to be less likely to buy stuff. Yep. Um, so we're you know we're makers. Uh, there's a lot of guys on here that are their livelihood is making things. They're small businesses. Where you know. We're all in a way, we're all small businesses. I mean, you mm-hmm. you guys definitely are. Um, it's my side hustle, but still, you know, it's I count on that extra income. I teach at a woodworking school where we have to literally wipe down every tool and surface that we use just in case because we just want to be safe. Um, and you know, I I think I'm 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 always an optimist. I think we should be looking at this. You know, like yeah, it's a terrible thing. Let's make the best of it. And the best of it is. You're getting sent home. Get in that shop. Make some stuff. Make some stock. Uh, I posted recently like that stockpile of cutting boards I have. Like I'm just stocking up because then you know this is gonna turn around. Things are gonna be good again. And guess what? You're gonna have a bunch of cutting boards uh, or guitars for Mike <laughs> or whatever right. you know that, <laughs> so you can, that you can sell. So th- this is a good time to actually get in there, work on some stuff, you know. And honestly, you know, spend time with your family because we do tend to. Uh, some of us just go straight from work to the shop and then work to the shop. So you you know use this as a, as an opportunity, build some stuff, you know, get better, do some dovetails. Yeah, I agree on the on the woodworking side. Sorry, Dan, were you gonna say something? Go ahead. I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say if you're into the content creation, I mean, this is a perfect time to like stock up on that, like pump out some small projects, record yourself, you know, get a bunch of YouTube posts up, you know, whatever. Well, to go down the content creation rabbit hole, I mean, <clears throat> I think. I think, I don't know, once people figure out how they can work from home, because people who don't know how to work from home, they're going to have a hard adjustment period because it is hard to work from home, especially if you've got kids at home. Oh, yeah. Good luck. Like, that is total distraction. It's really hard. But 
I don't know how, I mean, no one knows how long all this is going to last, but if people are able to balance the kids at home and being at home and work, there's probably going to be a lot of people on social media consuming a lot of content over the next yeah. few weeks and months in theory. So yep. if, uh, yeah. that was exactly what I had in mind. Yeah. I mean, I know you did and that's, I could read it and I felt that in my soul. So I wanted to run with it, <laughs> but the, uh, you know, I think, I think we're going to probably see in terms of reach probably i mean i don't know about reach but actual viewership numbers are probably going to go up on things um people might listen to some more podcasts than they normally do people might be out there checking out woodworking videos or whatever niche they're into but um i think if you're into content creation i think the next few weeks and months could be a good time to really pump out some stuff like dan was saying absolutely <clears throat> but i guess i kind of i'm kind of curious pete and I, I don't know if you want to go into it and we don't have to but i mean you work for you work remotely already right uh, yeah. So, and that's the, you know, the tough part that we're kind of dealing with because we're, you know, I, I do IT and 90 to 95% of my job is already remote from the office, but it's a 10% where we have to go on site and get every, you know, image some computers, whatever. And, uh, you know, now we're, we're still in the office. We're still going in. And dude, I work in New York city. Uh, the, I, I got on a train twice this week and I thought I was on the wrong train because there was no one on it. And wow. usually I'm standing. Uh, and you know it's a little concerning, but now we're we're getting everything just set up. Just I'm just all I'm gonna say is guys buy stock in Zoom and Cisco because they're saving like they're saving American businesses right now. Like yeah. say what you want, uh, and even Skype and all those guys because I'm literally I've become like a Zoom expert in the last week because we're running like symposiums and conferences of like 200 people through Zoom that makes uh, webinars. A lot of sense. Yeah, it's crazy, and we're you know. If we do end up getting sent home, I can run it all remotely from here. I've got my little right. battle station that I run everything out of, but it's tough. But it's also hard to, you know, because we're we're in we're near a hospital. We work um, by a you know, New York Presbyterian. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of it. It's a big hospital, so there's definitely some concerns. But hey, you can't, you know, you can't just freak out about it. It is a little tough, but just wash your hands, which we should do, I guess, all the time. Right. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, make the best of it. I, I, you know, I hate to make light of a bad situation, but you know, take this time to, like, he's, like Dan said, crank out some videos, do something in the shop. Uh, you know, maybe this is the thing, the kick in the butt that somebody out there needed um, to actually just go full time on their business. You know, maybe yeah, this I mean, is like they're in a shop and get them started. If your job really tapers off, I mean, this could affect a lot of jobs. I mean, unfortunately, really sadly, this could affect a lot of real full-time jobs uh, to dire consequences. And people might find themselves in a situation where they need to reevaluate their employment situation. And this could be the real catalyst that gets people into doing something like this full-time. And mm -hmm. if it's Very something true. you've always wanted to do, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of exciting and kind of a positive to look at. But it's also really scary. I mean, it could be scary for anyone to have to, like, be have that foisted on them and they have to figure out how do I feed my family or pay my mortgage. That's always scary. It is so. tough. That's crazy scary. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a pretty fortunate situation where I've been self-employed for, you know, like 10 years. My wife, my wife works for the government basically. So we're, we're kind of set. Yeah. I know there's a lot of families out there that don't have that luxury. They don't have that peace <laughs> of mind and that I can't imagine how scary that is. Hey man, my, my, my fiance, she she's a teacher she's a dance teacher and a dancer and all the performances got canceled schools are shutting down she teaches at a local college and they're working remotely you know so she's literally having to like record videos to 
to show the kids because you know but it's uh, half the jobs closed down and can't do anything so yeah but my wife my wife runs a uh, she works with kids on the spectrum mm. and she runs she's the director of a center it's basically a preschool for kids with with autism and on the spectrum and it's tied closely to the school districts and the school districts closed on Friday they're closed mm-hmm. for the next month or two weeks so we don't really know what's going to happen there but if they close the center I don't know what she's going to do I she's not going to keep getting paid so it's kind of like, ooh, geez, time to sell cocaine. I'm going to have to edit that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like, oh, man, it's it's really scary stuff. I mean, it's up in the air. It gets really frightening, especially when you depend on anyone's income. If there's an income in the household that you depend on and one of them's gone or both of them's gone, yikes. Yeah. Well, and I said my wife works for the government, but she's also a teacher. She works for the local school, you know. Right. Board. And, uh, yeah, we... I assume, I'm just assuming that she's going to keep getting paid if we have to shut down. But we're also on spring break as of Friday. Mm-hmm. So we got a whole, like, week off. And we'll know more, like, probably next week if something's going to happen. But she's already salary, and I I'm a, I can only assume she's going to continue getting paid. Right. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, Hopefully. It's, uh, hey, it's all, it's all <laughs> on them. You gotta make the, we got to make the best of it. But uh, I guess we should let's lighten up the note a little bit. I feel like yeah, we're going a little, we're going down a rabbit hole. Um, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. But no, uh, all, all seriousness though, everyone out there, guys, um, you know, take care of yourselves. You know, reach out to somebody if you need some support or just want to chat or BS. You know, let's make the best of it. Let's support each other. Uh, it's you know, it's going to be a little rough out there for a little bit, but we yeah. got this. If you, know, you follow, and, if you follow me on Instagram, you're going to see me making a lot of jokes. Like that, that's just how I cope with things. I'm, yeah, I'm just for sure. Joker. For sure, that's the only way I know how to cope with things. And you know, for the people who are listening to this, are probably in the woodworking community. Realistically, I don't. I mean, we're not going to get a whole lot of outliers. I don't think. But you know, even if your activity that you prefer isn't woodworking, you need to keep yourself occupied. Otherwise, you get bummed out. I mean, you just have to keep yourself busy. Yeah, you can't just sit around the house. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, on to something fun. Yeah. Um, Mike, you got something? You want to hop on some uh, voicemails? Yeah, let me get some. Uh, pull up some voicemails here. We got a couple of calls in this week. I uh, We really like the calls. So, if anyone... Yeah. You know, we have the link on the uh, on the Instagram page on how to leave a voice message for us. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna, we got a couple here, and I'm going to play one right now. Hey guys, Eric for Seven Bridges. Uh, the only negativity that I ever get on Instagram is in regards to CNC machines. Wondering what your opinion on the use and or people's negativity in Instagram over the subject. I'm going to defer to Pete since he actually has a CNC. Alright. You guys ready? <laughs> ready. Everybody grab a drink. We're going to be here for a while. <laughs> wow. The only... So... I, for a while, was very hesitant. It was also an expensive tool. But there has been definitely for a very long time this kind of notion of, like, these higher-end tools or tools that do to work for you, and they're kind of frowned upon. Like, look at the Domino. Domino was getting a lot of crap for a very long time, and now people are like, why don't you just use a Domino? Or, like, get a a Festool track saw (laughs) or something, you know? Uh, CNC was kind of the same thing, and... Then, like, Shapeoko and Xcarve came out in the market, and they 
just basically, I mean, in a way, kind of flooded the market in the CNC world. Um, I feel like, you know, <laughs> as they say, you can swing a dead cat around and hit somebody with a CNC in your neighborhood. Um, they're kind of everywhere. The community's pretty large. I've, I'm part of a couple of groups on Facebook, and it, it legitimately feels like everyone has a CNC and everyone's making a flag. And I'm not I'm not hating on the flags because they're really cool. Um, I personally don't make them because I just don't have the market for it, I guess. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that tool. You know, just like you can have a hand plane or you can get a 20-inch planer or you can get a drum sander or you can get a CNC and flatten a cutting board, whatever you want. It's At the end of the day, it's a tool. It's meant to be used. You know, like just you might have a truck. I got a hatchback and we're both hauling wood. You know, it's it's like me yelling at somebody because they got a nice truck to haul a bunch of wood. Come on, <laughs> you know, let's not hate on each other. I think our community, especially, is fairly nice. It's really nice, very supportive, uh, as we've all kind of found out over the last couple of years. So, if somebody's giving you crap, just ignore them. Because honestly, for each one of those people that's being negative, uh, you probably got another like ten or fifteen that are really looking up to you because you got a CNC and you're using it, and they're really interested to learn from what you're doing. Dan, you want to, you want to go, you want to just run on that? <laughs> no. You sure? <laughs> no. I have nope. my opinion. But, I want to give mine as well. So. But uh, Pete did nail it on the head. I mean, it's just another tool it, mm -hmm. to put in your arsenal. Um, I, I, I gotta believe that when the first power tools came out, they probably got a lot of hate from all the traditional like handsaw, hand plane guys. Like, oh, that's not real woodworking. You're getting help. You know, and I'm pretty sure it, it goes in, in waves like that. Like, as the new the new technology comes out, you know, there's going to be the traditional, like, people that hate on it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the CNC is probably the same way. People are hating on it, and eventually it's going to be so commonplace that, you know, it, it'll be like the next circular saw. Oh, yeah. It's just another tool. And if you're hating on it, you, uh, that's just sad. So I want to take a different <laughs> stance because I don't agree 100%. <clears throat> but I also don't have a CNC. But I, when I first got into woodworking, uh, I had similar sentiments to that, hey, that's not woodworking sentiment. Um, I don't see, see it that way now. I think it's another great tool to take your projects to the next level. Um I think I want one really bad. I want a CNC machine bad. I don't know that it will be the same as a circular saw in that regard because you aren't actually doing any of the woodworking. Mm -hmm. You're programming a machine to do the woodworking. So I think there's a another talent for it, uh, and that's that's the programming aspect of it. And you have to know that machine, and that's an art and a tool you have to you have to use. So I don't know that it's the same as like a hand or power tool in that sense, because you're not actually really controlling it, you're programming it to do it for you, but I see no problem with that. I don't think that's, I don't see that as a derogatory or negative sentiment about that, from my point of view. I don't think it's a negative thing. I just don't see it as another tool that you're controlling with your hands, or, because you're not running the, you're not running the CNC over the piece of wood, and you're not running the piece of wood through the tool. The CNC is doing all that work, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's great. Um, I really want one. I have things I want to use it for. I want to use it for templates and personalization. That's probably the only things I'll ever use a CNC machine for. Um, 
as someone who consumes a lot of social media content, I get very bored seeing those vi- those videos on social media. Um, I don't care to see them anymore. Um, but there are people who really like seeing those videos. So, you know, I, I think it's just a, there isn't like a right or wrong. Um, I don't think that a CNC machine is woodworking. I think it's programming, and I, but I also still think it's a very valuable tool in a shop, especially one where you're making... I mean, when you're turning out cutting boards or anything, if you have a thing where you can throw a piece of wood in there and it'll make you 10 cutting boards, that's awesome. I mean, I don't... There's no negative there. I just think it's... A, I think it's great, and I want one. If you're, like, making templates to sell to people or for yourself for furniture, or what I want to do with them is actually make plans for pieces of furniture that I make and sell the, you know, the quarter-inch MDF template with the plans that's what i want it for so i think it's an amazing tool i don't consider it to be woodworking but it is a woodworking asset and that's my opinion on it and i think they're great i think they're just great to have in a shop and i think they're amazing mike's coming in hot swinging no i'm not i don't think i am i I don't i don't i'm not talking (laughs) down anyone i just don't think it's i don't think it's woodworking i think it's a valuable asset in a woodworking tool or in a woodworking shop excuse me that's that's just my opinion on it it's a tool. Look, it's a tool. Look, at the end of the day, look, there's there's guys out there, uh, Alex Nodgrass that I met uh, two weeks ago at the woodworking shows. Yeah, <laughs> Alex, what's up? He's dropping names. Um, <laughs> he, he he lives on a bandsaw. He does almost everything on a bandsaw. You know, he he does cuts, resaws, everything, and and that's his thing. You know, and he uses that tool. That's his CNC. He does everything mm-hmm. with it. He could do stuff with it that. I can't do with the rest of my tools together, you know, (laughs) like I saw him do those like uh, end grain cutting boards with the patterns that look like they're three dimensional. He does the entire thing on the CNC. I'm sorry. On the CNC. On on the bandsaw. Yeah. (laughs) I was blown away when I saw the. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but just a fair warning to anyone getting into CNC or 3d printing for that. uh, It is. You're just adding another hobby. You're adding a whole another hobby. Going right? down another it's rabbit hole. Another rabbit hole. It's not like getting a table saw or you know a drill press. Like you're getting a second wood shop that isn't for wood. It's for someone else. It's Which just I think of... it lends credence to the fact that it's not woodworking. I think it's a whole nother activity. You're getting into a whole nother but it's still a maker thing. I think it's maker. I just don't think it's woodworking. I think it's small another scale aspect of making. manufacturing. Yeah. It's There's... small scale manufacturing. It's I mean, that's basically it's like what the... I do. Yeah. <laughs> You do. You real. It's not basically what you do. You do that. You make those super sick squares. Everyone wants them. You're welcome. I got. <laughs> Danny's right here. Like little dance Whoop. on laps. Yeah. <laughs> Visual bits always good. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you know those are different. I mean, you guys were pretty pretty similar in, in your opinions. I think I think that anyone that hates on it though is um, being short sighted. Um. That's my opinion. I think if you're if you're hating on a CNC, you're being short sighted, and there might even be a little bit of jealousy in there. So uh, that's sure. that's where I'm going to leave. I that. mean, it was like listen, like a couple of years ago, or I guess the last 30, 40 years, it's been hand tools versus power tools. There's been like this whole thing, and um, another name dropped, the Wood Whisperer. <laughs> <You know, so laughs> he does. He, he coined that whole thing of hybrid woodworking. Yeah, but it, it did kind of help the the our you know, our community to realize like, Hey, there's a place for both. And now there's the hand tools versus power tools versus computer assisted tools. All right. You know, then like, is that going to be eventually like just one thing, one category? I don't know. 
Maybe. Super hybrid. Ultra hybrid. Maybe that will be what happens. I don't know what... I don't like your... I mean, to your point, I don't see any difference between someone who wants to do all power tools like uh, John Heiss and mm-hmm. someone who wants to do all uh, hand tools like, uh, you know... Throw some yeah, dogs, right? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's... I don't see... They're both woodworkers. So maybe down the road, <laughs> someone will... Someone who does just CNC... Not just CNC... Who only exclusively does CNC work will be... Maybe my mind will get changed. But where it is right now, I see them as more of a programmer. But I still see them as a maker, so, you know, I'm probably going to get some hate for that, but um, fight me, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I think they're great, and I definitely want one, and anyone who hates on them is being short-sighted. Yep. Um, Another voicemail? Question two? Yeah, let's do this. I'm going to play this voicemail right now. So... I have a question that's a, a little wide-ranging, or it's just kind of the same question for two different disciplines. So, um, in a woodworking project, what is the biggest challenge you've faced, and how did you overcome that challenge? And then the same thing with content creation. Uh, maybe, like, what's the biggest hurdle that you've had to get over for, for content creation, and, and how did you solve it? Pete? Oh, God, on a spot. Well, for me, this I have the same problem with both of them, uh, and that's uh, starting without having a 95% fully laid out plan. Um, I, I have really a really hard time starting a project sometimes unless I know like every step I'm going to take with it, uh, or I just, I'll just go into a project and completely wing it. But I have the same issue with content creation. I'm, I'm seeing, I'm watching all these videos, all this great stuff that Mike's pumping out right now. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm intimidated, Mike, because your editing and everything is on point. Okay. But in, in reality, the like the the fee for entry is is very low. Let's uh, look at all the stuff that's out there. Mm-hmm. Look at all the content that people are putting out. Look at all the stuff that people are making. Sometimes you see it and you go, ooh, that's a little rough, either a video or a project. But you know what? They made it. They just mm-hmm. went for it. They finished mm-hmm. it completely. And it might not look the best, but it's going to get better. Like your first dovetail might be crap, and then it's oh. going to get better. And I think that's, for me, that's the biggest thing. Just starting, I actually, like, without seeing the end in sight, just kind of jump into it. Was he asking for specific things or, like, in general? If he's asking specific, I can't answer it specifically. I'm just thinking general, because he kind of mentioned, you know, with both, like, what's the hardest part? Because I was going to go after the specific answer. (laughs) I want to hear it. He's got me going, huh, that's the wrong answer, probably. Well... Why don't you answer your way? Yeah. A couple years ago, I made a a big farmhouse table with uh, a, like a 84-inch by 40-inch maple top. It was eight-quarter. And back then, I had no idea how I was going to flatten those boards because I didn't have a planer. And I didn't have the knowledge, basically. But I just... I knew that YouTube was a great uh, resource, so I went there and I found that you could you can make your own um, flattening sled. So I did that, and that tended to work pretty dang well. I mean, that table's still standing today, and that that family still uses it. But it's so, flat. Yeah, it's <laughs> flattish. <laughs> just, it's flattish. Just thumb up in the air. It's flattish. Everything's flat. fine. If it looks flat, it is flat. Um, yeah. Go lay down, buddy. Um, sorry, dog. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, and uh, as far as the content creation, uh, my biggest hurdle with that is 
I have always been intimidated to be in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. I hate being in front of the camera. I know you like Pete's going, yeah, whatever. But like, I got over that by just doing stories on Instagram, just constantly doing that over and over and over. And eventually you just kind of get used to it. You get used to talking to yourself and like nobody's there listening right at that moment. It feels weird talking to the camera when nobody's around, you know? Oh, yeah. But I feel like Instagram stories really help that. So I'll jump in with mine's going to be closer to Pete's. I don't have like a specific project because I've kind of learned things slowly and incrementally. So <clears throat> I have I, every project I've done, I tend to over-research things. I research them to death before I ever do anything with any project in my life. I can probably do any project before I do it uh, for the most part. The things that I can't research and jump into are the things that intimidate me the most, um, like uh, like like SketchUp or um, or 3D modeling programs. I you can only read so much before you just have to do it, <clears throat> and that's where when I hit those hurdles where I'm just trying to learn something and I just can't, I get freaked out and I I back out entirely. With woodworking, I, I feel like a lot of the things we all do we can all do and there's not like any actual woodworking stuff that is super duper hard or impossible to do because a lot of these things have been being done for hundreds and hundreds of years um i know that for me back to what we were just talking about cnc um that intimidates me a lot uh because the 3d modeling and the 2d modeling it, it freaks me out and i can't research it and do it because that's something i have to do so for woodworking you know my biggest hurdle is always just doing it like Pete said, um, it, I just got to do it. <clears throat> I have to make myself do it. And that's where it is with, for my whole life. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's the barrier that always gets created. And it's one that I make in my own head. And I have to, I have, I'm pretty lucky and I don't really care what other people think about me like at all. So I don't really, um, I, I don't really worry if like I throw a picture up and, um, or whatever, if I'm sharing something and someone doesn't like it, that doesn't bug me. Um, I get really upset with myself when I don't do things or when I don't go after stuff, that's what gets me bummed out. So that's my biggest hurdle. And then for content creation, um, it's the YouTube has been a pretty tough thing for me. Um, I, I haven't been on social media or doing content creation for very long. I started like in July or June last year. Um, I quickly fell in love with it, but I haven't been doing it very long and all of it was on Instagram and I was in a very set routine on Instagram where I'd be, I'd be, I'd get home from work, have family time, go in the shop till 10 or 11, edit a post for the next day until like midnight or one in the morning. And that was my routine every single day. Well, now I'm trying to, I'm making the jump to YouTube. I'm having to change everything and how I do everything. Now I'm making content for YouTube and pulling that content to use for Instagram and changing up how I do things, Instagram has worked well for me. Mm-hmm. And changing up how I do it is it's kind of scary because it, it could uh, I worry about failing at Instagram or any of the other things. So failure is the hardest thing for me. That's the biggest barrier. And it's just one I create in my head. So I don't really have a specific story for woodworking or content creation. It's just kind of an overarching, I create barriers for myself. And I have to get, I literally just have to go, just do it, dude. Go yeah. do it. And then as soon as I do it, I'm like, okay, this isn't so bad. So that that's always been my biggest problems. <clears throat> I can see that too. Yeah. 
Mike, you've been yelling at me for the last three weeks about like pushing out a video, just like yeah. something out. And I yeah. finally was like, all right, I'm finally going to do it. And then this week happens and I like barely right. have seen well, my shop. <laughs> but that's a, that's a barrier that you can't control. But it's like to find, I mean, that, that was my biggest challenge. If we have to pick a particular one, it was that. It was getting on, I mean, I'm fairly confident now in a story or on a video, but just like jumping into like this intimidating world of like, like I can get, I, I do editing and stuff like that here or there, but like to actually sit down, like I see the work some of these guys pump out. It's just so scary to start. You know what? Screw it. You're going to get better. You know, they've, they, they, you should see some of the first videos some of these guys post. The first one's <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, dude. Not to mention, you're comparing your, you're comparing your 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 raw files, your raw your raw footage to their highlights, their highlight. Mm. Like, it's you can't compare that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yep. You just you just do. You just have to get after it. You have to go do it, and that's the biggest thing with content creation. And like Dan it, said, talking fun. to your talking to your phone on stories. Man, that first month when I was on when I started to really jump into stories on uh, on Instagram. It was weird, man. I didn't know what I. It was really uncomfortable, um, you know. But you literally just have to do it. I mean, it was really uncomfortable. To, it is, yeah. You're just talking to and no one. Doing it in public, like when I go to Menards and I do a story, I used to hate doing that because I felt like everybody was watching me and staring at me. Now I'm just like, and they oh, are whatever. But who cares? <laughs> I don't even care anymore. Yeah, you can't. You just can't care. Everyone's vlogging out there. Who cares? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. All right, should we jump into some questions? I would love that. Awesome. Should we just like switch out? Are we already or... doing questions? We we were, but I guess now that actual like some people uh, typed them out on their phone oh. and sent them to us. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Hmm. We got one in the mail too, which is great. What? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was like, what? We got a snail mail question. <laughs> we don't even have an address. Right. I mean, eventually, I guess when we do sticker swaps, I guess we'll have. An address oh God! Don't shoot. remind me of sticker swaps. It might, yo, get on that. Dude. I am so behind. I know. I'm also. Uh, there's literally a oh, a stack here that came in oh, over the last two weeks. But I don't even know who I owe stickers to anymore. <laughs> spreadsheets, so man. Spreadsheets. Ah, uh, my life has been hell. Anyway, I'm oh, sure right. he's had a bad. <laughs> Go on. All right. Um. So we're gonna try to get through as many of these questions as we can. There's some in the here that we can do an entire episode on first one guess what does collection this is an entire episode but let's try to answer it in five minutes i guess yeah. uh, <laughs> yes so uh this is from uh jen over at js handcrafted uh on instagram hey. what's up jen uh hey. so she writes what are your thoughts on dust collection don't even get me started uh <laughs> i really need an uh upgrade since i'm working on it with a shop back and i don't want to break the bank either my current shop back is uh con- I have to come with my current shop back. I have to constantly change the hose from tool to tool, which is so annoying that sometimes I just get lazy and do it. Don't do it at all. Same I here. feel your pain, Jen. Yep. What <laughs> so what is a decent system and uh, can you use multiple tools and somewhat cost effective thoughts? So why don't we keep these fairly short and give I our feel recommendations? Like this is Mike's topic. I'll go first. It's Mike's topic. Go ahead. Um, I, I tell everyone the same answer for their first dust collector. Well, it's there's kind of two answers. Get something used for cheap off of Facebook or Craigslist, but I recommend not doing that over this next option, which is get the Harbor Freight dust collector. You can get it with their coupon for like 170 and there's so many attachments for those things. 
you I mean by the time you're done adding attachments <clears throat> and add-ons to those things all that's left on that thing is just the Harbor Freight motor and you can actually have a really good system there it's a two horsepower motor it's got like 1300 CFM it's a great machine it's got a six inch feed so it'll run you two four inch lines if you set it blast I mean you can get going on the tools right away with it and it's just like the the barrier point for entry is really cheap I wish I would have done that for my first machine I probably would have still had that machine had I not bought the machine I bought for my first one. Does that um, run on 110 or two? It's a 110. It's an 18 amp 110. Man, I, I really think it's a one that. and a half horsepower. It's two good. horsepower. Is it really? It's no, two it's horsepower wow. and it's 1300 CFM. It's the best way to go for the first machine. And you can run the sewer and drain plumbing, which I had in my old shop. The <clears> sewer and drain is not, I mean, I think I was, if I would have bought that machine, the sewer and drain plumbing would have probably cost another 150 bucks. You're probably in another 40 bucks on blast gates. Maybe thirty bucks in flex PVC. You probably roll out of there with about four hundred to five hundred bucks. You have a really good setup, and it's going to last you a really long time. And you know, I had no issues with um, my PVC setup. It was really, really solid. And the only thing that would happen is sometimes I'd touch the PVC and I'd get a shock because mm -hmm. it does build up static, and I never properly grounded it. Um, I won't go into the grounding conversation on here <laughs> because that's twenty episodes of talks. But um, yeah, oh, I can't wait I, for those. Yeah. I just get I just, shocked once in a while. You, right, you just get shocked. You're not going to blow up your house <laughs> in the neighbors. Anyway, I just said I wouldn't go into it. But I really think <laughs> the best option for the first one is a Harbor Freight. And I do want to say a shop vac is not enough CFM to keep your lungs safe. It's just not. They can only pump out. Like, if you look at the specs on the websites, on like the rigid shop vacs, any of the biggest shop vacs <clears> they make, they're only pulling like 250 to 300 CFMs. And that just isn't enough for a jointer or a planer. They recommend like 700 CFM at the tool for a joiner and 650 for a planer. And they're just, you're just going to be inhaling small, the small fine particles. Yep. They're going to be floating in your shop. And you don't want to do that. It's really a tool that is not like an option tool. It really is something you need to have in your shop if you're running through and, and, and cutting up a lot of wood. It's, it's a future thing. You need to do it. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm being lectured right now. I, I am giving. Fine, I'll do it. God, Dad, <laughs> you need to. You need to. I mean, exactly. You do. You need. You need to have it. It's really an important tool because, I mean, you know, we all love doing this and we want to do this as long as we can, and we can't do it when we're in the ground. So bad as a person right now. And you should. Okay. You know what you did. <laughs> oh, Dan, we're wearing the same Woodcraft shirt. Hey, <laughs> this is not sponsored. Oh, Mine's not that color. So mine's the other one. But anyway, my that's my off our chest right now. <laughs> Much the wish you could see. Yeah. yeah. That's my uh that's my thoughts on on first entry level dust collectors. And I can go on and on about So first entry level, go for mid shelf or top shelf, depending on how you're looking at, at it. Right. All right, Dan, what about you? What do you recommend? I, like I said, I, I just have a shop bag. <laughs> I, I feel like Mike's just giving me the the, the hatred eyes right now. Just no. that, turn up his camera. <laughs> put my block him up. block him while you're talking. <laughs> I have a shop back. I have a forty five gallon drum and a Oneida dust deputy on said drum. And it's served me okay, but you know what? I I can tell when I'm working with walnut, which I've been working with a lot lately. And Mike is right. It's not enough. And I probably should upgrade it. So I'll go. I have a stuffy nose right now. I think probably because I've been working with walnut. Either that that's or the worst. when you get a lot of that dust and you just you're stuffy for the rest of the day, that's the worst. Yep, so I'm yep. gonna go from like 
cheapest to most expensive, but still within the cost efficient. Um, and I can't stress enough, like Mike said, just get it from Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. You're going to get some great deals on there. The cheapest solution, get a face shield, get a mask, like uh, something that covers your face well. Don't get the ones that like go in your ears. Get the like the actual wraparound, or if you're really cutting up a lot of stuff, get an actual face shield. Uh, I know they're hard to get right now because people are dumb, but get a respirator with the little, you know, the pink filters. Yes, like mm-hmm. that's all I use. I say, in my defense, I went to Menards yesterday and I looked for that 3M filter yeah. mask. Dude, they're all out. They're thirty dollars. They're, they're so cheap. They're they come out. with that little filter. You can't uh, fun find fact, mask at all. Yeah, fun fact, don't focus too much on, to quickly talk about filtration, don't focus too much on this, the, the ratings for all those different, you know, attachments. All of them are rated for dust and particulates and mm-hmm. basic stuff. Uh, and then they go beyond into, like, welding and smoke and stuff like that. So don't get too focused on it. Any basic filter will work. So that's the cheapest. The other one, all-nighter dust collector, get a separator, basically something that is going to dump the chips into one thing and then just pick up the dust. Uh, throw in maybe like one of those filter pals, which uh, one seems to be enjoying. They're fairly neutral to market. Somebody's been essentially it's a they've had them before. It's a cover for your filter on a shop vac. And oh, that's yeah. if you're using a shop vac. So that's something good. It'll help uh, kind of catch the little particulates too and save your filters. So that's my cheap entry level. Other option is, you know, we didn't really talk about you know, what's the space? What space are you working with? Because that could be another problem. And I've heard a lot of really nice things about the Rockler Dustrite wall-mounted yes. unit, the one with a single bag. Yep. And I cannot, oh my god, this, this show sponsored by Woodcraft and Rockler. Get that <laughs> dust, Dustrite hose, that blue one. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. It is I- the best hose I have ever used. When you talk about moving the hose from tool to tool, I know exactly what you're talking about. They're rigid as hell. It's a pain in the ass. You like move it, and then the whole vacuum moves. That dust right hose is so flexible. I don't know what it's made of. It's flexible yet doesn't like, you know, truncate on you when you like turn on the the tool. Uh, it is just so easy to move around the shop. I have it mounted literally hanging off my ceiling, so I can just grab it, plug it in. That makes that a lot easier. So get that little wall mounted unit. They even have one with like an extended hose you can roll up. That's pretty cool too. And then. Yeah, the last thing would just be a cheap dust collector. I've gotten dust collectors, like full standing ones, like the one from uh, Harbor Freight, for 100 bucks. You know, they're not that expensive. And then if you really want to go crazy, throw a separator on that. The separator is always going to be saving your lungs a lot. Um, and, and you can easily do all of those solutions for under 200 bucks. All right, you guys have me sold. I'm going to upgrade. Yeah. Yo, get that dust right, hose. That Michael, hit us up. Dan, you already went, right? I blacked yeah. out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. The, um, I'm the, glad uh, you were here. I'm here. Um, no, the, the dust right, um, for a, those are nice. They're, um, Pete, do you know how many horsepower they are? One horsepower? The I don't small one is one. No, I think it's a, oh, it might be a two horsepower. Let's go to the Googles. Well, it's a, it's a 650 CFM dust collector, which mm-hmm. is plenty for what people are going to use. There's multiple attachments. They have the canister attachment that you can attach for the HEPA. Gives you the one micron. Um, and oh, it's so bad. Yeah, it's so nice to have the shop. Just anyway, um, the set, you know, there's a lot of options for that dust right, and it's a wall-mounted unit. Um, I want to say it's three-quarter or one horsepower. I can't remember. Um, but six fifty CFM, and yeah. I'm going to tell you the uh, three-quarter horsepower. Which three-quarter is, horsepower. Which is good. 
It's fine. Yeah, that'll get you, you done. Needs a shop vac. That's what my first one was. My first dust collector was a jet, and uh, it really was not good. Uh, I had lots of problems <clears> with it. Um, but either way, th- that dust right is a very good option, and they look nice, and they're wall mounted. You're using vertical space instead of horizontal space. They're great, uh, and that's a good good recommendation, Pete. I agree 100. Mm-hmm. percent And I don't want to go on too deep of a tangent here, but <clears throat> I saw Nick over at Stated Woods was doing his um, his ducting install for his shop. Um, I'm actually changing out on my ducting the ends on mine. So what I did is I went from six inch and then I reduced down to a four inch and then did a four inch Y. So what I did with when I did that, I'm <clears> constricting <throat> my flow before the tools. Yep. I screwed that up. So when I, I'm actually gonna be taking all those off, I'm gonna be running a um, a six inch Y. I'm gonna do a four inch reducer cone after the Y, and then I'm gonna have one six inch blast gate for two tools because you need to have two four inch ports open on my dust collector at all times otherwise it starts to make the motor work too hard because yep. it reduces so much suction so um i'm going to be i'm going to be changing out all my four inch aluminum blast gates for six inch aluminum blast gates and uh that's going to be really nice because i can i only have to close one blast gate instead of two blast gates when i'm moving from tool to tool um but what i'm trying to get to is over by my router table the dust collection for that i'm going to be running a six inch y there and I'm going to be putting, finally, a floor sweep back into my shop. Mm-hmm. And then off of that, I'm going to be getting that same dust right, uh, that blue hose that you're using, Pete, so I can mm-hmm. clean all over my, with the, with the uh, vacuum attachment on it. Did You've got that for yours, right? Yeah, uh, yes, yeah. Get, I have va- to get the handle. Get the yeah, handle. the handle and the vacuum. Quick little thing about that handle. Yeah. They make it slightly oversized. It's four inches and, like, a quarter, almost. So okay. it does not natively fit on all your tools you have to get their adapters or uh simply on the end of that adapter just wrap a couple wraps of tape uh or hit up your boy because i make a little adapter for it (laughs) it pops into that handle and it fits perfectly on all my tools so i'm not going to be using it for anything but for cleaning my shop all my other tools are plumbed every single tool i have plumbed in my dust collection i'm just going to use it for cleaning the floors in my shop because i am i really i really like working in a clean shop it really is something i go in there every night and i clean up a little bit it just makes a big difference for me and when you're uh, choosing the length of it, because it comes in three different lengths, whatever the length of your shop is from that tool to the whatever end of the shop, mm-hmm. just do yourself a favor, get the slightly longer one if you're like right yeah. on the edge. Uh, yeah. Just It's just nice to have it, you know, maybe kind of, because I have it hanging on, on a ceiling. So anytime mm-hmm. I'm pulling it, it's, I'm not dragging it across the floor. It's hanging off the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So it gives me a little bit of extra, extra reach. That makes sense. I don't want to have to take it over the top of my outfeed, because my outfeed and my table saw are in the middle of my shop. Yeah. I'm going to have to work around it. So I'm going to get the bigger. I'll measure... I won't measure by crow. I'll measure the actual distance to the corner. So, I'm literally uh, I'm designing this little prototype for for that. So it'll be hanging, and then this is just for one inch conduit. So it's going to just roll around my ceiling as mm. I need it. So it's going to be out of, out of sight. A little trolley, huh? That's cool, yeah. dude. Prototyping, bro. Prototyping, bro. <laughs> um, so I think we kind of hit that question. Yeah. Um, we're fifty minutes in. Let's grab another question. Yeah, let's do it. Um, okay. Let's see. There we go. This one is from Jeff over at Brayer Woodshop. And he asks, would love some thoughts on epoxy pours and how to do them the right way. Oh, God. That's an episode. Uh, planning on doing my uh, my first soon. And I'm looking for some tips, uh, especially filling holes and cracks in wood beforehand as I'm working on a pallet bar top. That's interesting. Hmm. Um, yeah, so... Honestly, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start answering this real quick. So I personally don't do a lot of epoxy pours. I mean, there's a lot of 
you know, some crazy epoxy accounts. Uh, and some really good resources out there. We'll, we'll try to maybe throw some in the show notes, some guys that might be a good account to look at. But as far as filling holes and cracks, uh, I have two things that I would say is get get some CA glue. Get some quick and thick or quick medium CA glue. Um, I love filling with the, uh, what Star is the Bond. company? Starbond abrasives, or uh, Star, sorry, Starbond adhesives. Um, that black medium, man, when it like when it's finished, and you coat that top, it just looks so clean. Especially if you have some small cracks in that palette bar top, that's that's perfect. And it sands pretty well too. Some of these uh, epoxies, however, you got to be careful what you get because there is bar top ones there or tabletop ones. There is pouring epoxy. There's ones that literally are meant to go uh, about two inches. The other thing is going over two inches, you're really asking for trouble. You might have to do multiple pours. Uh, there's because there's a lot to learn about. Um, there's very good resources on YouTube as far as some lessons. I believe a Black Force, uh, what was that account that was making like those giant tables? Black Force table? Yeah, Black yeah. yeah. Woodco. They, Woodco, they did Woodco. some little videos on that as well. Uh, I know, uh, Evan and Caitlin did a epoxy lesson. Kind of, they've messed up a lot. So they've learned from their mistakes and they put <laughs> make together fail, the best. Make fail, make fail. Exactly, yeah. So... There's some good resources out there on that, but I'd say if you're just doing filling, uh, get some basic epoxy, or depending on how much you have, uh, you can also get just don't go with the big brands. You can go to Home Depot and get like the AB epoxy, just mix it on the spot. If it's just a couple of cracks, that might be all you need, and that's going to be a pretty cheap option. I'll go next, Dan, if you want. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So I also don't do a whole lot of epoxy pouring. Um, <clears throat> I work with almost exclusively rough lumber. So I do use a lot of epoxy to stabilize wood. I've used Starbond quite a bit. Um, I'm using more epoxy. Also, I haven't used a lot of epoxy brands. So I, I'm really not a great resource for epoxy. And I don't know that any of us are a really great resource for epoxy. Um, so we'll just say what we what we know. Pete gave great information. Um, you can get you can start with really cheap stuff, like Pete said, from the uh, big box stores. And Amazon has stuff. I know that Woodcraft has stuff. I know you can get it anywhere. Um, I will say, I've used three brands. <clears throat> One brand I won't say. I do not recommend them. Uh, the other brand was fine. The one brand I do use every time I end up going back is Total Boat. They have the pre-sized pumps. Uh, mm -hmm. I use their high performance exclusively. I have fast and I have slow. I use them for different applications, and I love the stuff. Um, it's not cheap, but it's worth the money because I like to not have to weigh out my epoxy or have to use some graduated cylinder to perfectly mix it. Yep. Uh, you just pump once on each, and they're mixed, and I love that. And for me, I don't have time to do it, and I'm not going to be doing huge, big, huge table pours. I'm mm -hmm. not going to do a river table ever. Um, I'm not going to do these things. Uh, I do like decorative epoxy and things, but I, I don't do it. I'm not going to do a whole lot of it. So when I do use epoxy, I'll probably stick with Total Boat just because they are so supportive of the community and because it just works for what I do. So in terms of... I, I will speak about Total Boat. I'll say one pump to one pump, it's ready. You put as much in there as you think you need... Mix it for like, I think it calls for two minutes, but I always go three mm. minutes. I have my Alexa set a timer for three minutes, and I just space out and think about cool projects I could be working on that aren't mixing oh. epoxy. <laughs> and one thing, the more epoxy you're mixing, the thicker it is, in, or the, the more of it you have in a cup, Volume. the faster it's going to kick. Yep. It'll kick 
within minutes it'll like, get hard and tacky if you're mixed a whole and ton hot. of it so if you, and, and it'll hot. start on fire <laughs> yeah make sure you use the right next. cup too because that yeah. stuff will heat up so yeah. the, the fatter the the pour is the the, the faster you're going to kick it it's called an endothermic reaction and the more Ooh, of it you have in there the quicker dirty to me. it gets <laughs> the more <laughs> you have in there and the quicker it's going to happen and the worse it can get i mean i've had it start on fire on me and that was from a brand that i was saying earlier that i don't like um it it it's crazy. You're like, oh, just walk away, turn around, and you've got an epoxy pour on fire. So uh, you do have to be careful. You can't just throw it in the trash. If there's a big bunch of it mixed up, you need to be careful with what you're doing. So there's definitely precautions to take, and there's definitely best practices with it. But for the most part, it's extremely user-friendly. It's a great utility. Uh, I use it for adhesives. I use it for all kinds of things. Um, I, I really like having it in my, stop, or in my shop, and I use it all the time. So that's I use it to glue stuff it. a lot. Yep. People, like people forget it was a it was an adhesive. Yeah, it's a glue. I mean, I use it for gluing all the time when I need a long setup. Sorry, Dan. I'm just going to echo exactly what you guys said. Uh, what Pete said. There's a lot of different brands and thicknesses and things you need to account for. What Mike said. I love Total Boat because they're they're supportive of the of the community. I've used Ecopoxy and that's pretty good stuff. It's good for thick pores. And I think Total Boat now has a thick set. Yeah, which mm-hmm. you could pour up to two inches. Yep. So if I ever find myself mm-hmm. in that situation, that's probably what I'll be getting. Yep. Yeah. Now I want to say, I want to back up a little bit and talk about starting a fire because the first time I ever, I ever did an epoxy pour, I did exactly that. I put too much in a cup and I mixed it and I only used a tiny bit. And I thought, I was like, oh my God, what is happening? This, th- this cup got so hot, it like melted the cup. I put it out in the middle of my driveway because I had no idea what was going on. It smells like a meth lab in your... <laughs> People are coming out of their house. What's Dan doing now? Um, yeah, and it started on fire. And I won't I won't say the brand. But yeah, be careful of that. All right, so... Uh, okay. Yeah, we're about an hour, but I think we can... Uh, yeah, we, we got three more questions. They're quick, though. They're pretty straightforward. The last one I think we might want to save for another time but here all right so uh this question is from john over at johnny law's uh wood shop and he asks what grip sandpaper do you use in your drum sander do you change it out with other grips um i mean D- dan you want to talk about your drum sander <laughs> uh well you see i just go over to mike's house and use <laughs> well you see i just go over to mike's house and use his drum sander it, it's a it's a long commute, but you know it, it works. <laughs> For those of you not that. not realizing why we're laughing, Dan just leaned back like a boss in his chair, like seven <laughs> feet away from his mic, and started telling us about his drum sander that he doesn't have. <laughs> and we're waving at him like, get closer. <laughs> oh god, I'm still yeah. learning. It was such it's a power okay. play. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I folded my hands too. Oh, yeah, you folded your hands, and then you oh, lit up a cigar. It was ball. <laughs> I don't have a drum. Yeah. By the way, Mike, you wanna you wanna talk about yours? Yeah, I use uh, I use 80, 100, 120, and two forty in my sander, and I swap those out pretty regularly. I don't use eighty a whole lot unless I've got something that um that I really needed to to dimension, uh, and it's something that I'm worried is gonna have a lot of tear out. If it's something that's gonna have a lot of tear out, and I don't want to run it through my planer, I'll run it through my drum sander with eighty grit and dimension it that way. Uh, 100 is what I keep in there the most. 
Um, sometimes if I feel like I am not under a time crunch, I will throw 120 in there and I will hit it with the 120 after that to get a jump on the sanding, especially like a large panel. Um, and I guess it's always panels. You can't really run anything else through there. But <laughs> um, And then sometimes when I get through to the end of my grits, I'll throw 240 on there and I will run the two, run it through on 240 to give it finish on there. So, yes, I switch out my, my grits a lot. Damn. That's like a 12-step program right there. It is. Yeah. Um, so I I have a drum sander as well. And I run I run 80 in there probably all the time. That is my go-to. Because I, I almost use it for surfacing more than... I, use, I mean, I use it for sanding and finishing. But I think the highest grit I have is 150 or 120, something like that. Uh, the 80 pretty much lives in there. Uh, it's great for knocking out some cutting boards and... I honestly, I, when I got it, it already had 80 in there, and I probably ran so many glue-ups through it, like end grain and just straight grain, just to get all the glue off of it. Mm-hmm. And damn, drum sanders, they just, that paper just lasts forever. It's great. Um, that being said, I have put 36 in there. Whoa. Is that just is daggers? Go in the driveway, pick up gravel, <laughs> throw it on, like, a tar roof, and you have 36 grit. And, oh my god, it is... It's basically a planer that leaves you like a rough finish. Um, but I've, I've thrown it in there when I was running. Uh, I was doing a bunch of end grain cutting boards uh, a couple of months ago, or a couple of weeks ago. And I had to, one of the boards slipped on me, like moved up. Uh, I guess the call wasn't tight enough. And I had to just level it. And it was, it was uh, 18 inches. I couldn't run it through the planer. So I just ran it through that sander a bunch of times on 36 grit, and it came out rough, but then I just threw 80 and 150 in there and finished it off by hand, yeah. and it was fine. But it, it might seem ridiculous, and it comes out rough, but if you got to surface it, it's not too bad. Do it. Yeah. My thing with 80 grit is that um, it seems to look real ruddy. Like, there's a lot of thin rut lines. I mean, you have to finish it out with the, um, yeah. with the random orbit either way, but um, it looks real ruddy. You get long, straight lines. I don't... It's... I, I, don't, I can do everything almost with the 80 grit that I can with the 100 grit. I, I almost never put 80 grit on there. And the 100 grit looks a lot better. You don't have nearly as much cleanup to do with the random orbit, in my opinion. So if you haven't done that before, Pete, you might want to try it because you might find that you're going to get similar results. Yeah, no, I, I, and I've run the 120, 150. I've got to figure out which one it is. I've yeah. been running that one a decent amount. That's actually what's in there right now. Yeah. But that 80 is just really good for like just cleaning up the, uh, the, the sandpaper and... Um, Okay. Um, yeah, just clean up the uh, the cutting boards and stuff. Sorry, I got distracted by my phone. Apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's and God, I can't stress this enough. If if you guys again Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist, if you can find a drum sander, get it. Or if it's weight in gold. But if you find a used one, don't pay more than four hundred bucks for it. Or yeah, I've been looking. I've been looking. There's a local woodworker that beat me to it. <clears throat> beat me yeah. to one like a couple years ago, and I still dislike him for it. Austin, you know who I'm talking to. <laughs> uh, Mike, does yours <laughs> oscillate back and forth as well? My drum sander? Yeah. No. I have recently found out it's that apparently drum. some of the fancier models, not only are they a drum, but they also oscillate, which gives you a really like, stupid clean finish. I've never even heard of that. That's wild. I, I, I need to Google it, but I found yeah, that, it. No, I, found I believe out you. Just, that's crazy. I know my... I really want, I mean, really want, we're talking in like 10 years, I really want to get a 2550 uh, whenever I upgrade mine, because it's yeah. just, you know, always wanting bigger, but it, it's, 
I have the 1938. That thing does a lot. I can run a lot through it, and it's just great for me. I think that thing's going to keep me pretty bomb-proof for a long time. Do you ever find yourself... Sorry, Pete. Do you ever find yourself using the 38, though? Like, because because 19, you could flip the piece around, and it it essentially becomes 38. Yeah, I do, because um, I've made some pretty big wall clocks. Uh, Over the holidays, I was making a bunch of them, and they're, they're bigger than... They're all bigger than 19 inches. Well, not all of them. But, you know, I, I had ones that were 28 inches wide. I'd have to run it through there, flip it around, and then run it through again. Yes, I've used that for sure. And it still looks consistent? Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah. So you just, just run so you guys it, know. Just on the conveyor. You just have to keep the drum. You do have to set up the drum when you get it. I mean, you really do need to run some, do some calibrating when you get it. But once you get that thing set, it looks good. Hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, if you ever need to dial it in, plywood. That's the way. Yep. to Store a sheet of plywood Absolutely. in there and look for a light. So jet, the jet twenty two forty four oscillating drum sander. Wow. Apparently it's pretty good and it oscillates. Oh, apparently they make a twenty five. Jeez. Oh, but this is a closed stand, so it's fully closed, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, What's the price? Uh, oh no, no, no. It's a. Uh, oh, it's a uh, you know, two three thousand something like that. Oh, no, nothing that, big. That's yeah, not a like, bad price for that. Yeah, it's like what, a couple cutting boards and you're you know, paid for. <laughs> um, it is, it is, listen, drum sanders are pricey, but they're nice machines. Very nice. It's great. It's a luxury tool for sure, uh, but I love having one. Um, all right, so do we want to do the last two questions or do we want to, um, I'm going to ask, actually, I'm going to ask one more and then yeah. the last one, I think we need to save for an episode. Let's just do one question. more question and we'll wrap this one bad more. boy up. All right, this one is from uh, Jerry over at Good luck. Creations? Nailed it. <laughs> Jerry's a good dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a good dude. I just, I'm, I apologize if I butchered that. But uh, his question is, what is your favorite quick build slash project and why? And I'm going to keep this real quick. Any shop, jig, or mount for a tool to be put somewhere. Yeah, like shop projects. That's anytime I'm like, I got three hours. I don't know what to do. I'm going to just make a thing for that hand plane. That's it. Because I love it. It's quick. It's dirty. You can do it however you want, however fancy you want, or however ugly you want. Um, and then just keep upgrading. So shop upgrades. That's my thing. I'm done. Dan? I like uh, mosaics or oh, yeah. geometric like patterns. I love your mosaics. Nice. I, yeah, I haven't been able to make one in a while, but those are, those are quick, easy builds, and they feel like wins, and people love them. I, I've sold probably 20 of those things now. Like mm-hmm. I love them. I'm going to say, I'm going to agree with Pete, shop furniture. It's so fun, and it's yeah. such a great place to learn woodworking, too, because it doesn't have to be perfect, and you can do your, you can just experiment with stuff on those. It's just really fun. You can make them ridiculous and way overbuilt or real simple, and they work well. So I really like shop furniture and jigs. They're just really fun to, really fun to make. Uh, I will give a sec- second answer. <laughs> Things that aren't shop furniture, those bottle openers I make, they are actually really fun to make. The process on them, it, they are actually, it's a really enjoyable build. I don't know why I like them so much, but I can I can slap out like ten in an afternoon, and they're just really fun. Cool. Yeah, gotta love nice. those quick wins. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I don't know. You guys want to call this one a wrap? I think it's a wrap because did we so just too. record an episode? Yeah. yeah, we just did Whole an hour episode. and six minutes according to my timer. And um, it was yeah, I'm about the same. And it was all organized. I'm kind of tired of looking at you guys, to be honest. So I'm not. Can we stay for the the patron show after this? We don't have any patrons or a <laughs> yeah. patron. Three hour patron show to record. Patron joke a few times. I'm beginning to wonder if like maybe uh, we should clarify that that's all been a joke. Oh yeah, yeah that is we don't. 
We don't have a Patreon. Um, not yet. 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 That'll be. Yet. Yeah, we want to get established. We want to make sure you guys like this. And, and I guess you know, if you guys like something about the show, hate something about the show, let us know. Um, yeah. You know, shoot us a. We don't. Have, we have an email. Mike, yes, what's do. the email? We have Give us that five-star rating on iTunes, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me do the business and stuff real quick. So yeah, we're up it. on every distribution point now for uh, that you can get a podcast. If there's one that you can't find us on, please message us on the Instagram account or email us at anotherwoodshoppodcast at gmail.com. You can send anything there. Eh, I regret saying that. You can send questions <laughs> there. And uh, you can send us questions there and, and feedback. That'd be really great. Um, you can also go to the link on our Instagram that Pete made. It's the link tree. It's got the lo- the first link at the top is where you can send us voice messages. We actually prefer the voice messages. They're a bit more interactive and it sounds a little better on the podcast. But that's not to say we don't like questions from Instagram. Obviously, we did a bunch of those today. Um, so we'll... Um, did we all just get a thing? Did yeah. I- yes. Yep. Something cool Weird, everything happened. Everything switched. just flippy floppy. So satellite must have just gone down because we all just lost each other for a second. <laughs> but the recording <laughs> is still good. Anyway, yeah, so if you could send us voice messages uh, with your questions or feedback. I mean, it doesn't have to be a question. We'll just, we'll just, it'll be a listener feedback time is what it'll basically be. But yeah, you can email us, you can message us. And, you know, any help you can do spreading the word is uh, really appreciated because we want this thing to work out, you know. And if we only get a certain number of listeners Every time we put one out, it starts to not be too worth it. So we want this to be something that we can grow and grow with our community with. So um, five-star reviews are the only option for the show. You're not allowed to do anything less. It actually doesn't let you. If it does, <laughs> yeah. there's something wrong with your computer. Right. You need to update your show. Call us. We'll <laughs> make sure that's all good. Right. We, you can just shoot us your login information, and we'll do the review for you. Yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> Uh, if you need some samples, we can email them to you too. Like great guys, good content, all that stuff, all the zingers. Yeah, we, we've got a bunch of stuff on our clipboards. We can just shoot you to uh, yeah, put it's copy to, and paste. We got yeah, you. Copy, paste, yeah, copy and paste. Um, but yeah, anyway, the support is just super appreciated. We just, I know if I can speak for Pete and Dan on this, that uh, we really appreciate all the support and uh, the interaction. It's super cool. We really it's, are. Uh, it's been phenomenal. Yeah, man. This com- I love this community. Yeah. I'm not just saying this because I'm trying to get views, or listens, but. <laughs> Like I just uh, can we just say how great the community is of makers like all, all of us. We I mean you guys are like brothers to me and I I don't even know you. I don't, <laughs> I don't know you. I don't, I don't know, know you. anything about you. Men with beards <laughs> I met on the internet <laughs> or man with beards. Hey damn. hey hey hey. <laughs> this is, get a good look, boys. This is coming off tomorrow probably. Yeah. yeah. Dan's showing us what looks like just a dirty face. <laughs> Dan's going to take a shower tomorrow, finally. <laughs> it's about time. Cool. Yeah. All right. I'll get through the webcam. Let's, uh, let's rippity-wrap this thing up and call it, a, call it an episode. All right. Love it. it. All right, guys. Let's, let's See call you next it. week. All right, later. Peace. Bye.